0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now,
1: here is James Robinson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Today, my guest is one of probably the most iconic teachers, healers, spiritual leaders of our age, uh, Star Fuentes. And she has been in the spiritual world. Uh, to my knowledge, for many years, and I know that she has taught many, many people, hundreds of people how to be energy healers. She's helped uh, so many people that I know of with her workshops and her seminars that they're impossible to count, but I'm really, uh, you know, the thing that I'm really excited about having her on my show is that she was my first spiritual teacher. I When I started down a spiritual path about 10 years ago, Star was the first one to take me under her wing and teach me all kinds of things about all kinds of subjects. And so if there's hardly anything she doesn't know. So I'd, I'd like to introduce to you Star Fuentes. Star, how you doing t- today? Hi.
2: I'm fine, thank you for having me and thank you for flattering me in that introduction <laughs> um yes james we 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 did work hard together and we played hard together when when you were here with me. It was wonderful and sometimes it was an agony to have you but that's <laughs> how but that's how it goes with a spiritual teacher so let's get started
1: well, one thing that uh we all really appreciate about appreciate about you is that you always bring something fresh you always bring something new to the spiritual world and you've taught so many different subjects how many different subjects do you teach
2: Uh, right now 490 different subjects but you got to remember i've been doing this for 50 years so that's about 10 new classes a year you know so yeah 490
1: i know that Many of my listeners are, are new to spirituality, and they may want to become healers, or they may just want to be psychic, or they may want to just learn more about the world that we live in. And so how did you get started in, on your spiritual path?
2: Well, just like many other healers and wounded healers at that, I had a horrific childhood. My parents were alcoholics, there was sexual abuse, I had tremendous pain, uh, my older sister committed suicide, and on and on and on. And I ran out of my parents' home and went and lived with another couple and graduated from high school, and then I traveled the world around. I went uh, 13 different countries for 16 years, and I was searching Deeply to find something to heal the inner pain of of starving, starving for love, uh, starving for attention, starving for uh, why did this happen to me? And in that period of learning, I picked up hundreds of techniques that had nothing to do with healing me. And I absorbed those techniques. And I also absorbed the techniques that had to do with my own path, with my own pro- uh, progress. So many times the wounded healer not only has the intention to go out and uh, learn healing, but they have the passion because they know that they need healing to be able to function and, and become more Than just their wound. I think that uh, many people get stuck in their wound, whether it's for a month or 20 years, and eventually they find a way to get out of their wound and heal it. So that's why you see so many people who had such horrific childhoods as healers.
1: What is the why is it that? so many people on the spiritual path have wounded childhoods is there you know i imagine that everybody can remember things in their childhood that they don't like but there's so many you know there's there's not that many people that turn to healing to uh deal with that um well i i think
2: that it's it's a soul thing that before we crossed over, we stood on the other side and we said, hey, bring it on. Come on, I can handle anything this lifetime. I want to be the best healer. And sometimes to be the best healer we can, we need to experience deep-seated, deep-rooted pain and overcome that pain ourselves so that we can share that healing, not only verbally, but share our presence that we overcame whatever it was, and say, "Look, I did it. Here's some ways you can do it." And in, you know, having a bad childhood and having things you don't like in your childhood is normal. Having an abusive childhood, being a, a child of alcoholic parents, where you had to tiptoe around because you didn't know what mood was coming or being beaten, is a childhood that motivates you, number one, to get a healing, or number two, you get lost for the rest of your life. You can get lost in addiction. You can get lost in rationalization. So sooner or later, most wounded children, their inner child, um, activates them and motivates them to find healing. And what they usually find is healing for many things and not just themselves. So that's why we see so many wounded healers in the spiritual. I'm going to help make the world better. I'm going to help make myself better. I'm going to heal, and I'm going to help the world heal. So that's why we see so many wounded healers uh, being professional healers.
1: You said that you're teaching almost 500 different subjects these days. Where do you get all that material? Well, I spent
2: 13 years uh, living with um, in it, with indigenous shamans and masters, and I have about 30 certifications from, from hypnosis to NLP. And I get that material by combining the, the wisdom of the, the, the tribes and, and the spiritual elders with leading-edge Technology. Now, let me tell you a secret, James. Anytime I had an issue in my life in the last 40 years, I believe that working on a class for it, uh, working on a workshop, working on a, a lecture for it is the way that I polish it, the way that I put it deeply into myself. When I first looked at chakras, I went, oh, pretty color, so many lotus petals, ooh, coochie, coochie, coo. But when I go to teach a chocolate class, I go, what would an engineer ask? What would a housewife need to know? And what happens if there was somebody super, super advanced in this in my class? What little piece uh, of information, what other useful knowledge can I bring to this class? So usually when people do something for themselves, you whether know, they're auditory or visual or kinesthetic, they do it in their modality and they get exactly what they want out of it. When you prepare, and you know this because I've seen you prepare to teach classes, when you prepare classes, you read books, you go on the internet, you talk to other people, you look for all of these other things that pull the picture, whatever the class is, the feeling of whatever the class is, into a person's life so they can relate to it on many different levels. So all those classes came from me having a challenge in my life or me seeing a piece of me that needed healing or a piece of me that wasn't so well informed about that particular topic. So that's how I got so many classes.
1: One thing I, I should share with everybody is that Star is a member of the Mensa Society. She's also got one of the most perfect memories I've ever seen. And she can remember, you know, lists of things that she taught decades ago. So it's it's like nothing ever leaves her Consciousness, and it's, uh, but one thing I, I was wanting to uh, ask you is is because you've been in the spiritual alternative healing world and the spiritual world for so long, what have have you witnessed changing about the way the spiritual world is perceived?
2: We'll go back to the, the 50s, the very first time I studied yoga, and in the in in the early 60s, and it wasn't being perceived. You know, we had uh, the um, lead beaters, Besant and Baileys, and all those people who came at that turn of the century, and then we kind of had this spiritual gap, and just before the 60s, people started getting into spirituality, and they were really, really, really serious about it. And then in the 60s, what happened is spirituality became a mantra, peace, love, and basically people would learn just a little bit about it, know that I want freedom, I don't like our government, what are we doing in Vietnam? I want a life that's more connected to to Earth. I, I mean, I want to be vegetarian. And so it started pulling into people's lives. I remember back in the late 60s, I, I had a student, and I taught him something. And it took me a year to teach this process to him. And in 2000, I started teaching that process in two hours. So things have speeded up. The amount of information, the amount of different healing techniques that are present on the planet, Um, just half a million books a year published in the world on spiritual, esoteric, metaphysical, astrological, yogini-type things, half a million books a year last year published on on that topic. The difference is there's so much information out there so years and years ago, usually people in the 50s, 60s, people would come to be teachers. It would come from, from being enlightened, from, from having moments. And now teachers pop out everywhere because they educate themselves through books, through being with other students. So now instead of having to learn 40 things in a year, there's 40,000 different types of of healing, counseling, different attitudes, attributes to be learned. So I guess what happens now is your discernment has to be really, really strong and really big because there's so many good things out there, but what will be a benefit to you is very different than it being a good thing. So right now as spiritual people we have to have developed a very high level of discernment. So that's some of the things that have changed uh, in the last 50 years. Uh, the types of students um, people would come to me in the 60s and 70s when they got lost when they had a, a, a spiritual um, lesson or blessing or whatever it would be. And in the last twenty years people started just to question their lives and to question importantly the results in their lives. So they started coming to seek answers outside of themselves and books and teachers who really tell the people, Learn this, learn that and find the answer inside of yourself. So I think That has changed. My personal opinion is we've gone through learning about positive affirmations and many, many people know about affirmations. We've gone to learn that being negative does not help us manifest, co-create, or bring things into our lives. So what our real lesson is right now is duh. And duh means you're neither positive, You're neither negative. So 7% of the day, you're positive. You're 1% negative. But for most of the day, you're neutral. You're not putting any energy out. You're not taking any energy in. It's two and a half hours sitting with that cup of herbal tea. It's watching TV. It's all those hours where we're not being or doing something consciously. So that's the new place that we really need to work on right now is being sure and positive that we are actually having accomplishment and not activities and being input, being output for a certain energy and doing things that create accomplishment, not just doing things for activities sense.
1: If someone wanted to broaden their horizons, say it's somebody that is led a perfectly mainstream life and they're a professional or they're a housewife or they're just someone who has not experienced the spiritual side of things, how, what would you recommend that they do in order to make their life more full or deeper more profound
2: the first thing i recommend they do is question their life and the first question is have i been happy have i been, am i doing something passionate they need to have this question uh, is there something way i can help my kids better uh, is there more love in my relationship. Usually, people don't just wake up one day and say, "Oh, I want to be spiritual." They wake up with a question about who they are, what they're doing. So, my answer to that question, to your question, is find out whatever the answer is to your question. Can I be more passionate? And of course, this is going to lead you into a stream of metaphysics, esoteric thinking, or spirituality, or yoga, because all of these things add energy to a person's life. Most common-day people won't want to be more spiritual, won't want more in their life, until they have a question inside of themselves, because they're content. They, They see their choices, not knowing that there's another 20 choices out there. They choose between their known choices and they feel satisfied that they made the correct and appropriate choice. So spirituality, seeking a better life starts with a question and it starts you asking yourself how you could make something better. How could I be more successful? You expanding your field of consciousness how can I be more conscious about my children so that's the very first thing that has to happen James so question look at your life question "Mm, is this I've manifested this am I happy with this am I happy with manifesting this husband this wife this job, this disconnection with my husband my wife my children Are you happy? And I think once someone has that question, they can enter any type of field of spirituality and seek education to answer their question.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to have to take a break. Even we have to let the sponsors have a few words. So we will be right back with Star Fuentes.
2: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired
1: really fast
0: all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts VoiceAmerica.com.
1: conservation starts with us learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to our wild world with host ellie weiss our show centers on africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife ecology and ourselves However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, myth Reality and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll free 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mr. James Media at gmail.com. That's mr. James Media at gmail.com. Now, back to the
1: show. You know, welcome back to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Our guest is Star Fawentes, who. You know, it's been a very, very influential uh, person in my life. Uh, when I was just starting off trying to learn something about spirituality, It was just as she was describing that I had questions and I didn't know where to get the answers. So coming back to Star, one of the things that she has so many powerful stories that help people. Star, what was some of the spiritual experiences that had the biggest impact on your life?
2: I guess I want to tell a story about being in India. And I was living in this ashram with this teacher and the women had this huge room and there were about 300 of us. And when you try to go to sleep, you would hear snoring and yawns and burps and there's 300 women in a room that echoed everything. And every night I fought for sleep. I fought for silence. And I, for about three months, I tried stuffing stuff into my ears. And I tried uh, sleeping with the pillow over my head. And one night, the noise was horrendous. And it must have been 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning. And I surrendered. I surrendered to the noises. There was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could say. There was nothing I could be to change this situation and I let the sounds become part of the natural thinking of oh this one sounds like a cricket and that one sounds like a frog and I surrendered and in that five minutes of surrendering I fell asleep because I've found that if you don't surrender that you pay attention to whatever it is you're battling whatever it is that is annoying you and your attention goes to make those noises louder to strengthen them and when you truly surrender put it in God's hands spirit's hands and you surrender to whatever it is that's outside of yourself that you've been pushing against, but you find a deep, deep sense of peace. And I had maybe five teachers before that who talked to me about surrendering, and they say, oh, surrender your ego, surrender your this. And I go, well, teach me how to surrender. And I think it's untouchable. It's a state where nothing... Nothing annoys you. Nothing enters your feeling, feelings. Everything is natural. And from that time on in my life, from the last 40 years, when I have surrendered, a great peace has come into me, into my emotions. My mind has calmed down. My senses slow down. So I think the greatest spiritual lesson is learning to surrender. What
1: do you think, James? Have you surrendered yet? Well, I I said, let's just say I've reached a truce. But the one thing that uh, really impresses me about Star, both in the past and now is that she, she has so many experiences that she can always tell a story. And one of the greatest stories I've ever heard her tell is what it was like to actually live with a shaman with a, they call them current in Mexico. They're the natural alternative healers in Mexico. And star, could you share a little bit about what your experience was with, um, your life with uh, the Caranderas?
2: Well, I spent three years with a, a spiritual teacher named Esperanza. and She had a, a third-grade education, and she was this miraculous woman. And she would tell me, I said something one day, I said, well, Einstein, speed of light, and she looked at me and she said, are, there are five speeds of light. Now you have to remember, this was what in 1980 or something like that, and everybody knew there was only one speed of light. And I'm watching the news today, and that light speeds up around a black hole, and they don't know how fast. There's another speed of going on inside of a black hole. The ability for someone born in the country, without any education. To be able to teach me about sacred geometry, to teach me about healing. I remember one time we were doing clinic, and clinic was a bunch of patients from the, the 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 jungles would show up, and we had a couple of uh, of. Uh Oh, I don't know, like those horses you put boards across. Or what are those called? Like saw horses. Saw horses and we had four yeah. boards across, and people would lay down, and we had about five or six lines. And I had a lady that looked rather pregnant which lay down in front of me, and asked the runs, and yelled at me, star, stop. And I was like, what? She came over, lifted up the lady's dress, grabbed my hands by the wrist and stuck them into the lady's body and she says I got it there she said grab it and I grabbed and she pulled my hands out and in my hands was a tumor of course I was very sophisticated and very grounded at that moment and I held that tumor in my hands and I "Ah!" "Ah!" I I could (laughs) barely breathe and I'm seeing what looks like a big mucus jungle of of snot and a little bit of a tissue, and I'm standing there with my hands doing my sophisticated, ah, you know, (laughs) how does this work? How did my hands break through the dermis, the epidermis? Oh, my God, what about the sheath that protects the muscles from the... And I'm going through this logical brain stuff. And I looked down and another man had already laid down on my table and I'm still standing there with a tumor. And as had gone back to her client, I took the tumor and I threw it in the trash. But my belief systems about the physical plane were totally turned upside down. And that had happened a few other times with other shamans, but, you know, that was a miracle. That was them. That wasn't me doing it. It was they were trained. They had magic. They had a special energy or light. I could excuse that with my brain. But when my hands went into that stomach and I pulled out that tumor, my life changed forever. And my teacher, she would just give me the look. I would be thinking something that was inappropriate. That would be the look. And at that look, I would stop thinking what I was thinking and do something else. Recently, my publisher has told me, Star, you're 75 years old. You're writing your autobiography. And she told me that on my 71st birthday on January 19th. I got 90,000 words yesterday. So I'm working on it and talking about all these great experiences living in the jungles, you know, in India and in in China, walking with a barefoot doctor and in Africa with the the Maasai. So I have stories about how my brain thought the world is or should be and how people, simple people connected to God and earth, could do things that our our surgeons can't even do here in the United States. So that was one of the the times that my life really changed was to put my own hands, to have my own hands go into someone's stomach and take out a tumor. And it, it, of course, is is mind-boggling. And, of course, you know, I tried to do it 16, 17 times, And I couldn't do it until my teacher showed me how to be when you're doing it or what to be when you're doing it, because doing is the smaller part of it, and that connection to God is the important part of it. So that that is is one of the stories. I think for me, for all the spiritual people out there, and as you're living through your life, is... You've got to do the work. You can take the class. You can take and pay that money to take that class. But if the teacher says, this is what you need to do for 30 days, you do that for 30 days. And when many people say to me, I'm working on something and I say, What do you mean? And I they said, Well, I know that I have mother issues and I'm working on it. And I go, Well, what are you doing? They go, Star, I'm working on it. I say, Are you journaling? Are you do you belong to group therapy? Are you writing affirmations? Are you doing processes about you and your mother's relationship? Are you reading about other people in their relationship to your mother. Are you writing forgiveness letters? And they go, no, Star, I'm just working on it. And I, I want you to know that you need to be very, very well developed just to get something into your head about yourself and to work on it, that you physically have to do things day by day by day till the solution arrives to you now i've seen people work on other people and they're using energies and secret geometries and using spirit guides that they don't even know they're using and people who do master work just by being in the presence of another person but remember you have to do your own work and you have to educate, listen and process through your own stuff. So when people say to you they're working on something, ask them what they're actually doing and being. I asked a gentleman that the other day and he had a horrific childhood with his mother and he wrote a song a week to his mother and literally learned memorized the chords and played the song, every week, and recorded them and sent them to his mother, who, of course, isn't answering him, But and he's doing his work. What else, James?
1: One of the things that everybody seems to be advertising these days, or a lot of people are, that they are a master this or a master that. What does that mean when somebody calls themselves a master?
2: Okay, um, well, you know, not the the sense that Jesus Christ and Buddha were masters. The master is, you are a teacher of teachers who teach the same thing or do the same thing. To be a master, you have to have taught these things to people who can still teach these things to other people. To me, that is the definition of a master. Truly, if you have a human body, you can definitely definitely have qualities and aspects of being a master but you know then you got to be human so you can't be a hundred percent master so for me that definition means they have taught people who are still teaching those things to other people to me that is is what a master means
1: one of the problems that i've run into and and maybe it's just what i'm manifesting but it seems like it's very difficult to tell who are actually the the people that have something valid to teach and or, or that they have a valid talent or they have a valid ability to um read things and then there's a whole lot of people that i've I've experienced that say they do, but they really don't. And So how would somebody know uh, who a valid teacher is?
2: Well, I guess the only way you know is your own gut intuition. You know, some of my teachers taught me how not to be, and some of my teachers taught me to be. Some of my teachers, as soon as my light got brighter than them, they kicked me out because my light was brighter than them. So I guess you've got, do you have something you can learn with this teacher? If you can answer their question, yes, that teacher may only be for a year or two or three or five, and that teacher will teach you how not to be and how to be. And, of course, some of the most stubborn pupils, the, the pupils who are the most adamant, end up getting a lot of teachers Who teach them how not to be? Because they haven't surrendered and they haven't let uh, spirit bring the teachers to them. You know, I've been in a bookstore and books have fallen off the shelf on my feet. People tell me in threes, oh, I just read something about so-and-so or so-and-so is good to me. I hear things in three and then I know I have to read them, do them, participate with them. You have to follow your intuition. Unfortunately, what happens many, many, many times is you follow the information of your friends. And that teacher is great for your friend or that diet is great for your friend. But when you do that diet, you don't lose any weight or it doesn't work for you or your kidneys stop functioning. So you have to listen to yourself. You can get confirmation from your friends, but do not listen to your friends from the very start. Listen to your own intuition. Every teacher has something, if they say they're a teacher, to teach you. Most of the time, it's not their advertised topic matter. It's something in their soul, something in their personality, Something in their communications, something in their relationship with you that is their greatest teaching. So trust your gut on this, James. You know, trust your gut about who's supposed to be your teacher. And that will change. You will evolve. You will evolve. You might go through, I went through, you know, 13 teachers, and you will go through teacher after teacher, and there will come a point in time when you'll have a clear understanding that it's time for you to pass on wisdom and information and you will become that teacher. Whether or not you become a master, that's a whole different word. So what else would you like to know?
1: Well, right at the moment, we're going to have to take a break, so your timing is impeccable. And we will listen to a few words from our sponsors, and we'll be right back on Get Real Radio.
0: A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show, Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com.
1: Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. My guest is Star Fuentes. And one of the things that I was really interested in when I first started studying with Star was magic. I had grown up reading books about wizards and Merlin and all types of magic magicians and people who were able to change things with just their thoughts. And, and one of the things that Star was teaching at that time was different kinds of magic. Now, I'll have to admit that even though I kissed a lot of frogs, I was never able to turn one into a princess. But one of the things that I always was very intrigued about was the whole topic of magic. And Star definitely is someone that knows a lot about it. So, Star, what is magic?
2: look in our dictionary and we look up the word magic, the first definition of magic is knowing something that, su- that most people don't know, or that someone else doesn't know. And you know, we get to the sleight of hand, taking the bunny out of the hat by definition three. So if you know that there is something on this planet called dimensions, and in the dimensions, energy changes, and in the dimensions, a physical plane la law ceases to exist. If you have studied these dimensions and been in these dimensions with your teacher, once you have been in a dimension, nobody can ever take that experience away from you. And in the higher dimensions and in some of the lower dimensions, physical planes, laws, cease to exist. If we know things like the moment of sunrise and the moment of sunset, the most available energy is there for you to gather in, for you to use with your intention. And we know that at midnight, the world between the spirit world and the world between the physical world is at its weakest. You study alchemy, how particular energies blended together and bent And put someplace with your intention can change someone's attitude, can heal people. And uh, I'm sure James has been there, and and many people have seen me put my hand on someone and a tumor will disappear. And people who have diseases, not everyone, because, you know, there's a lot of free will on this planet. I'll put my hand in in people whose arm have been bent for 10 years, they can unbend their arm, and it's the magic of how God comes through me, you know, and I've learned to become this big container of pipe, pipeline that God can come through so that God comes in greater quantities through me. I've learned that no matter what my ego thinks I'm doing, that it's God and spirit and the big picture that's been planned for for ages and ages is happening. You know, a long, long time ago, I got myself a teacher. I had a bunch of smarty, smarty pants people, people who always wanted the logical different uh, answer to why things were done, people who wanted to... You know, figure out how the refrigerator ran instead of knowing how it worked. You put things in there to, to keep it cold. They wanted the engineering plants. And I had a T-shirt printed that says, I am your karma. And they just look at that T-shirt. They look at that T-shirt and look at me. And it put them into this place where they were willing to receive information. And magic is... is Knowing something other people don't know about our world, about what energy emanates from each acupuncture meridian in each finger. And if you point that finger, what is the subtle energy? What is the subtle energy going into the room? And why? What? How do I put my hand and God works greatly with somebody and they heal and the other person does not change. As a healer, I'm there to put my hand on them. I'm not there to judge the outcome. I'm not there to judge the outcome. I'm not there to be attached to the outcome. I'm there to put my hand and be that conduit from God. Words can be magical. Love can be magical. You can heal somebody by looking into their eyes. You can heal somebody by smiling. You can heal somebody by listening to them or giving them words of comfort. And you can heal somebody with a technique that has 144 steps that you can barely remember. And you have to understand that sometimes intention overrides technique. And if your intention is there to heal them, if your intention is there to create a change that doesn't supposed to happen, that this is called a singularity, it's not supposed to happen in that environment, then that is magic. All of us can do magic. All of us can heal. We just have to point our intention in that direction and become educated about it. What else would you like to know, James.
1: Well, since you have been around for a while and have seen the spiritual industry become what it is, what do you see as the problems with spirituality these days?
2: Hmm. The problems with spirituality, um, deciding, using, using your intuition when so many people tell you that things are a different way. Knowing that you have all the answers inside, and as a teacher, the master there may provide you with a map, but you have to have that experience. Thinking that going to be with the teacher, that the teacher will wave a magic wand over you and your work will be done. No, you will do the work sooner or later. Um, Discernment, once again... We have to d- define and refine our, our discernment because there is a million teachers to pick from. Uh, do we do due diligence? Do we read about that teacher? Has that teacher been around longer than ten years? Is somebody tr- teaching a class on cash about how to be a millionaire, and are they are are they or have they ever been a millionaire? You know, what is the person teaching? Who was their teacher? That it. it that that is what you need to discern. Does this person feel like we'll work together, or does this person feel like this person's going to bring up all my stuff? And sometimes your best teacher is the one that's going to bring all your stuff up. Spirituality is is a problem right now because the housewives in the trailers and. And and, and the, the farmers, and everybody's praying for peace, and everybody has become a little bit more, a lot more spiritual. But there's no organized way to get there. And everyone has to organize their own curriculum. Do I take a little bit of healing? Do I read a little bit of philosophy? Do I, you know, do I look inside of myself? The teachers can tell you what they'd like to see you do, but you are the person who knows what needs to be done. And teachers will give you feedback, because most times when we give our own self-feedback, it's not necessarily the most accurate feedback. So I think that's a problem with spirituality. I think that in the next... 10 or 15 years, we're going to see some massive spiritual breakthroughs because science will finally be able to measure that healing, we will be able to measure the different colored spots in the aura, we will be able to measure thoughts as they leave the brain, and our technology will catch up to what the spiritual people are actually doing, being, and saying.
1: One of the things that I've noticed recently is, within the last couple of years, is how many people are claiming to have near-death experiences, which somehow gives them a a special insight or special connection with the divine or God or or some being that's got a first name. You know, it it just seems like there's been a real proliferation of people who trip and fall and get some kind of special knowledge. Uh what is that all about? Is is that just the way that people wake up or is that just a way people are starting to market themselves?
2: Well it it's a little bit of both. And I I got gotta say this. When you have a wake up call and you've been hit by lightning or you died and they brought you back to life, you do get to have an observation of the world in a different way. Many of us, many people who are spiritual people, we were around during Atlantis, we were around during Jesus' time and Buddha's time, and when we saw somebody like Jesus, we said, God, I want to be just like Jesus, and we kind of burned a blueprint of Jesus onto our soul and said, this is my goal. And then twenty lifetimes later or thirty lifetimes later, here we are. we have a near death experience, and what do we see? We see the blueprint of Jesus. Um, many people on this planet need to be awakened our our planetary economy is is wow in the in the, in the dark our, our leadership is also in the dark and We are striving to bring so much light onto this planet right now that what happens is the moment there's a lot of light, the shit hits the fan or all the darkness starts being pushed out of people. I do believe that many, many, and many, many more people are being awakened. I believe that it does give them something, but I also believe that it needs to be taken and integrated with a, a grain of salt. You know, somebody gets a, a, a near-death experience yesterday, and there are two weeks later they're, they're out teaching and they have a special guide. I'm, I'm pretty leery of that because most people need a year or more integration time. But yes, it okay, can. Okay, we only
1: have- Go ahead. We, I want to give you a chance to uh, tell people what you're up to, what you've uh, got uh, developing, and so they can uh, find out more about you.
2: I We've am got about on, two minutes. I am on Stargazing Radio on Blog Talk Radio, Wednesdays at 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Eastern Standing Time. I am on stage at Star Fuentes. You get to see me every other Monday, a video. I'm on Patreon.com, and that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can sponsor that. I'll be having a light language conference June 13th to 15th here in Hot Springs. I am in the process of working on my autobiography. And, James, I'd love for you to sit down for a few minutes and anybody else out there who's had experiences with me and write a little bit of what your experience was like with me and send it to me because we're also going to include other people in it. You can find me at www.stuffwinddays.com. I'll give you an appointment. We'll talk. I'll teach you a class you can choose james thank you for being in my life
1: well it's always it really elevated me i must say and it's always always is a pleasure to talk to you we've got about 30 seconds left and so i'm going to ask an unfair question and just say what would you like to tell our listeners in the last 30 seconds what's what do you think is the most important thing they need to know
2: to keep your eyes open when you're praying or healing, that the physical healing comes from the physical plane, that you need to connect to the very core of Mother Earth to change your liver, to change your brain, to change cancer, to change whether somebody has cash or not. If you are healing the physical plane, keep your eyes open.
1: Great advice. Uh, uh found that I've walked into fewer doors that way oh. so thank, thank you. you so much star and uh, thank you for listening everybody and we'll be back next Friday
2: right good luck bye.